0: You're listening to the Imago Day podcast with Joseph Terry. The philosophers are known for sitting around listening to hot, sexy teaching. Some of us are like, "What? Hot, sexy teaching? Like very attractive, sexy teaching? This guy, this person, got a new idea? Oh, let me hear about this!" But they never put it into practice. You see that, by the way, in the Book of Acts, chapter 17, when Paul the apostle was preaching to the philosophers in Athens, right? So we got to not just hear it. We got to do it. Discipline, discipline. Wait, so, so watch this. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. What a beautiful word, huh? What a beautiful scripture. My question is, how does law and freedom work together? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question, so you don't have to answer it, uh, but I just want you to think about it. Because when I, when I used to think of law and words like discipline, um, it seemed to be the very opposite of freedom. <laughs> when I want freedom, I want school to be over. The discipline of learning seems to be constraining me. I'm not free, I'm done, I got senioritis. How many of you heard that term before you went to school? Some of you are like, I'm living that right now. <laughs> <hands up. sighs> like I'm done with this job. I'm done with school. I'm done with my parents. I can't wait to move out of my house, right? I'm done with these rules. In fact, rules are meant to be broken. I go, I go on a trip in spring break in college to escape the confines and the rules because I want to be free to do me. Right? So how does rules or laws or discipline, how does that actually create freedom? I mean, James has the audacity to say the perfect law that gives freedom. (laughs) That's like, how does that work? So if you look with me, First of all, what this is an invitation to do is to help us to really examine our definition of freedom. Because if I think of freedom naturally, probably my natural instinct when it comes to freedom, if you ask me, Joe, what is freedom? I probably naturally will respond, doing whatever you want. Like the more you're able to do what you wanna do, the freer you are. People talk about financial freedom. Right? I want to become financially independent, so I don't have to deal with a boss or an organizational structure. I'm free. right? I'm free. But that's actually a very narrow, myopic, short-sighted, fundamentally childlike, immature notion of freedom. When, when you're young, when I'm young, we typically think of freedom like that. When we grow up and awareness of higher goods or values and lower values come into the foreground, we realize we can't live by that notion of freedom because if we were to do that, we would lose everything that we actually care about. So we say, well, I I need to kind of reorient this. So here's probably a helpful definition for you when it comes to the definition of the word freedom. The word freedom here is the ability to achieve a goal unhindered. So think about that. The ability to achieve a goal unhindered, right, with very little to no obstacle. It's a broad definition of freedom, right? Because the word goal, if you think about that, that word goal can mean almost anything when it comes to a good or a value that we have, some sort of end that we have in mind, right? So that if I want a bag of chips, are there any chips over there? By the way, thank you, Jesus. Oh, brother, don't be the messenger of the devil. <laughs> no, thank you. Right. I just want to use this as an example. Right? Let's say, let's. Say my, my wife is looking at. Me. She's like, you better not touch those. Chips. <laughs> She's like, I'm about to get I'm about to get a lecture when I go home. So, oh man. But look, baby, it's only hundred calories. <laughs> um, and look, reduced fat, forty percent. The, devil, the devil's a liar. If I had a, if I had a sermon, bro, the, the devil's a liar. This would be like on the PowerPoint. <laughs> That's how the devil comes to you. 40%, 40%, reduce fat, brother. The devil comes to you as an angel of light. He's like, this is good for me. No GMOs now. So um, a goal, let's say, you know, I have, I have the goal of me wanting a bag of chips, right? So I'm like, okay, I want a bag of chips. And there it is. Um, I can simply walk over there, get the bag of chips, open it, and, and, I, and I, I was free, right, to, to, to eat it. I was free, I'm free. The question though is, is that a good freedom? That, that's key. Is that, notice what I just did there. I gave value to the word freedom. Is it a good freedom or a bad freedom, right? Very nice, say that again, nice and loud. It depends, depends. and what it depends on is a number of things. It depends on a number of things. It depends on the nature of the goal that I have in mind, and it depends on other things like my own internal health, my particular desire in the moment. So many things are operating when, when we think of freedom. And so when we think of whether or not freedom is good, we're trying to think of that in terms of the goal in particular, the goal in particular. So if I have the freedom to um, either do heroin or cocaine because that goal, that value, that good, it seems to be so bad, most of us, if not all of us would say, Joe, that's a bad freedom. Yeah, you may be free to do cocaine and heroin and you have friends who can easily supply it to you, but you, you ought not to do that. That's not good for you. Right? It's actually very, very bad for you if you do that, right? So we already know intuitively that there are different kinds of freedoms. That's the key. There are different kinds of freedoms because there are different kinds of goals. Is that clear? So I may be free to drop out of school or not study for my exams, right? Drop out of classes and whatnot. And am I free to do that as a student? Sure. Is that a good freedom? Well, it depends, Joe. What is your goal? Well, my goal is to get a degree and to improve my life. Joe, why do you wanna drop out of school and then drop out if that's your goal? Well, I'm just tired of all this work. Work is too hard. I just wanna drop out. You may tell me, Joe, you're free to drop out. You can do that. No one's holding a gun to your head and saying you better not drop out, you're free. But in light of what you're telling me, Joe, that doesn't sound like the kind of freedom you want to pursue or the kind of goal you wanna pursue and therefore the kind of freedom you want to exercise. Does everyone see that? No. So freedom then has to be nuanced. It has to be understood in a certain way. So when, 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 when James says the perfect law that gives freedom, he has a certain goal in mind. You may want to write that down. I don't, I don't know if you want. It's up to you. It's up to you. I'll say that like two more times though. I think that's key. When James says the perfect law, When James says the perfect law that gives freedom, he has a particular goal in mind. He has a particular goal, a good, a value in mind, in mind, in mind. Did everyone say that? You want me to repeat it? Anybody want me to repeat that again? When James says, I already forgot what I said. When (laughs) James, yeah, so when James says, the perfect Lord gives freedom, he has a particular goal in mind, a particular goal in mind, amen? So wait a minute. So I know some of the, the questions are already bubbling up. Some of you are like, but wait a minute. So what I want to do is just give us some quick examples. Let's say, I have, the Joe Terry has a goal in mind. My goal is to, let's say I just, I just wanna drive in New York City, right? But let's say I also do not like the traffic laws. I don't like the traffic laws. Stops, thank you, Gary. Stop, stop signs, those, those blasted cameras, traffic light cameras. It's like, I got you. It's like I was going 33, bro. Jesus died at 33, that's a good speed. Um, all of that, let's say I just like, if I had the power, let's say you ask me, Joe, what, what do you think about traffic laws? And I say, if I had the power, if I can just remove all the traffic laws, by the snap of my finger and remove all the cops, I would love that because I'll be free to drive the way I want to. Very nice, Monique. (laughs) She she said, but I'll be dead. (laughs) In other words, in fact, if driving with millions of people in a confined space like New York City, without the law would make it impossible for us to drive. So, the law doesn't take away our freedom, it actually creates the freedom to drive. When we're immature, when we're young and crazy and reckless, we see the law as a a thing that gets in the way of our freedom. Why? Because when we're young and immature, we are ego self driven. I want to do me. When we grow up, we begin to have kids. We have responsibilities. We say, oh my goodness, the law is actually good because I have in mind a higher goal. Does everyone see that? Higher goal, lower. So I just gave you a small example of traffic and the law. But that logic actually is the same logic throughout virtually all of life. All of life. Another example that I always give is the example of the, if you ask me, Joe, are you free to eat whatever you want, right? Talking about the bag of chips. Say, yeah, I'm free to eat whatever I want. And I go to, all you can eat buffets, and I eat whatever I want, and the all you can, I just eat whatever I want, I, I just, don't tell me what to eat. And you can say, okay, that's a freedom, but Gary, who's deeply into nutrition and health, will say, that's not the best use of your freedom, Joe. In fact, if you live like that, what you're doing, Joe, is you're ignoring, listen to the language, you're ignoring the laws of your biology, your physiology, and your anatomy. There is a structure to your biological being that if you continue to transgress those laws, you are going to die. So Joe, if you, so Gary, Gary and I have a conversation, Joe's, Gary's gonna say, Joe, if you wanna actually live a, a full life, where you're not obese, you're free to run, you're feeling great, the days are brighter, I'm not struggling with depression. All these things, if you want to live a fuller life, if you wanna have a higher goal that you wanna achieve, which I know you do, that's what Gary would say to me, because every human wants to be happy, Gary will then say you need to forsake, listen to the language, you need to forsake the lower goods of immediate pleasure and gratification. Gary will say, Joe, you must become disciplined. Key word. You must embrace the law. Law all of a sudden now, and discipline don't become dirty words, they become salvific words, words of salvation. It's like, oh my goodness, it's not that, it's not this thinking, I do I have to keep the law? It's, oh, I get to keep the law. Does everyone see that shift in thinking? Because now I'm looking at the law, I'm looking at discipline as, a, as the, the path towards achieving the higher good. This is why the best athletes are those who've internalized the laws the best. The best martial artists and fighters, MMA, mixed martial arts, American boxing, are not the ones who are free to swing as they want in the arena. When you see people free in that sense, right, that's an indication that they're actually untrained, not disciplined, and actually have no control. The one who's disciplined, and you guys get the idea. We, we can kind of be, so take a look with me here. And then we're gonna break into a group for, for a few minutes. So you saw here the definition of freedom, the ability to achieve a goal, unhindered goods. There are higher goods. Now we see this. There are higher goods and what? Lower goods or higher values. And lower. And I wrote there in the bottom that goods can be tangible or intangible. That means they can be visible or invisible. Right? Right? Or long-term versus short-term. Long-term versus short-term. And if you turn the page with me, there are two kinds of freedoms, there are two kinds of freedoms that that we can discern here. There is what is called arbitrary freedom, repeat with me, arbitrary freedom. And then there is, repeat with me, purposeful freedom. Arbitrary freedom, that word arbitrary means random. Purposeful means goal-oriented. Arbitrary means random, purposeful means higher goal-oriented. Now, when James, when James, the half-brother of Jesus says, the perfect law that gives us freedom, what he has in mind is purposeful freedom. What he has in mind is purposeful freedom. Freedom. Isn't that good? Hold on. He has in mind purposeful freedom. When James says the perfect law that gives you freedom, James has in mind purposeful freedom, which is a higher freedom because James has a goal in mind. And guess what the goal is to love God and to love each other. That's the goal. To love God and to love each other. Isn't that the highest commandment in Scripture? Doesn't Jesus, people ask, what is, right? You have the religious, you have the Jewish lawyers, that means the theologians of the Torah. They press Jesus. Jesus, what is the, what is the greatest law? What is the greatest commandment in the Torah? And Jesus says, oh, it is easiest to love the Lord your God with all of your mind, your heart, your soul, your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. One is coming from the book of Deuteronomy. That's the first law, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And the second way he says to love your neighbor as yourself, that's also coming from the Torah in the book of Leviticus. And Jesus says that, those two right there, sum up, they recapitulate, they sum up the entire what? Torah, the law, the law. And so James has this in his mind. He says, oh, I got, we, James is pretty much saying this. If you want to play games and live a half-baked life, if you want to live a life of just little temporary joys, do you. Forget about the law. But if you want to live a life of deep satisfaction, deep joy and contentment, where you're caught up in the ecstasy of God's presence, When you are truly free, then embrace the perfect law. It's like if I go to the gym, I always give this example, and I look around and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all these tight bodies and strength. I want six-pack abs like that and pecs like that. And if I'm working out with a friend, if I'm working out with a trainer, like Rudy, Rudy raise your hand, right? I'm working out with Rudy, right? I'm like, Rudy, Rudy's going to say to me, oh, Joe, you want, okay, you want that? You're going to have to embrace the perfect law of liberty. What do you mean the perfect law of liberty? Bro, he's going to say, bro, you, no more cheese. No. I don't know if Rudy would say no more cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no more this. No more that, right? Listen to how it's coming. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt, right? No more this. So the the law, he's going to give me the law, the perfect law of liberty. He's saying, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. don't. And also do this. Now you got to do that. You got to do this. And what my initial response is going to be like, what? Oh, it's too much. But Rudy, if Rudy's a good personal trainer, he's going to say, bro, bro, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize, right? Because if you want that, you must do this. So when James is saying the perfect law of liberty, he's saying love. He is speaking the language of love. This is the language of love. You know how I know this? Because Paul the Apostle says, For love fulfills the law. Law, love is the fulfillment of the law. I don't know, somewhere in the New Testament. <laughs> Look it up, brother. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you yeah, gotta love Ramon, but Ramon. You can be putting me on a spot like that, brother. So, so, somewhere in the book of Romans, I don't know. Somewhere between Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. Just Google it, brother. Just Google it. So arbitrary freedom. If you look at the list of arbitrary freedom, you have a lot there. And then you have the list of purposeful freedom. I just going to very quickly read through this, and, and we'll spend about five minutes just sharing quickly. Ten minutes. You know, arbitrary freedom, immature, concerned only about the immediate, oriented towards lower goods, typically fo- focused only on short-term desires. Part of your homework, I want you to take this home, and I want you to meditate on this and whatever season of life you're in, marriage, single, school, work, whatever season of life you're in, I want you to meditate on these things in light of that particular season. Do you mentality falls under the arbitrary freedom? Doesn't like or see the reason for here. Are the keywords: rules, laws, correction, discipline. Ah, and here it is. Typically, if I live a life of arbitrary freedom, like I'm just going to do me, typically and ironically, there goes that word again. It leads to a form of slavery and bondage. To our, to what? To our lower nature. Thank you so much. You got to trust Monique. Sister Monique always coming with the word. (laughs) Romans 13.10. Thank you, Jesus. Purposeful freedom. Mature, concerned about character, development, and excellence. Oriented towards higher goods, typically focused on long-term goals, obedient to a higher nature. The do you mentality is seen actually as dangerous and reckless, embraces uh, reason and law and rules and correction and discipline. And this typically leads, here it is, to genuine freedom to pursue excellence and goods that genuinely satisfy. Now, of course, there's a bad way of reading this where you you say to yourself, okay, I can't do no arbitrary freedom, only purposeful freedom. That will kill you, right? So there is a balance, but the balance is not, let me do a little bit of, the. let me do half purposeful freedom and then half arbitrary, that's not the balance. The balance is you're living a life of purposeful freedom, and if you're doing that well, listen, then you also know how to relax and allow for times of seasonal arbitrary freedom. So let me give you a quick visual. For those of you who are musicians, if you play string instruments, right, you know that if you tighten the string too tight and you pluck it, it's going to snap. But if the string is too laxed, the note won't be hit. So the balance is a bright tightness so the tune comes through, the pitch is clear. And in that, the melody can be played. Okay? So this, this, is the, this is what James is like. When James, and you read the entire book of James, it's hardcore. It's like discipline, your tongue, da-da-da-da. And the temptation is to walk away from James is like, nah, I got to read because I, 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 I need grace. This is too much. But what James is actually giving us is something that coincides with grace. It coincides. In fact, if grace is working in your life and in my life, it would reveal itself through a life of discipline. You know how I know when grace is really working in your life? When I see your prayer life on fire. You're fasting. You're journaling. You're giving to the poor. You're helping the marginalized. You're disciplined with your body, with your finances. That's what I'm like, oh, grace, grace, grace. This is what grace looks like. You're living a life of love. And love fulfills what? The law. Love fulfills the law, the perfect law of liberty that leads to freedom.